Well, hello, everybody. This is Louise Eddington, the Cosmic Owl of Cosmic Owl Astrology. And um, I am a soul astrologer and author. I am the author of now three books. This was my first, Modern Astrology. This was my best-selling astrology book, The Complete Guide to Astrology. And my new book, I'm recording this on St. Patrick's Day, the complete guide to tarot and astrology everything you need to know the to harness the wisdom of the cards and the stars and i'm getting some really great reviews so buy my books <laughs> or come book a consultation or or follow me on all of the social media sites i post daily on facebook instagram and medium.com so anyway so today i'm recording this just before the full moon Uh, the Aries full moon, the first full moon of the astrological new year. Now, the astrological new year will begin on um, March the 20th. Um, The ingress for that, um, or when the sun moves in, will be at 11.33 a.m. Eastern time, and which is 4.33 p.m. Universal time in the UK. So a lot of things will have changed by the time we get to this new moon that is actually on April Fool's Day, on April the 1st. So I will talk about the energies around this new moon a little bit as well. Uh, But Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. So this is the first new moon of the astrological new year. Okay, but first I pulled a card for the new moon, as I always do. And I actually pulled the Ace of Swords. So um, I actually can't see myself to point at things because I got a chart up. So you can see the Ace of Swords in the Thoth deck. The Thoth deck is my favourite, the Toth or Thoth deck. And the Ace of Swords. So I'm going to read you from my own book. The, The planet or sign and signs associated with this are just all the air signs. It's the ace, so it's all the air signs, Gemini, Libra and Aquarius. Um, Aces are pretty much standalone as being the element card of which their suit is the elements. So this is numerology number one. So this is new beginnings. This really does tie in with the actual new moon itself. So you can't make this stuff up. Um, The key words for this are new beginnings, new ideas, breakthroughs, clear communication and truth. And the Ace of Swords, uh, I wrote, the Ace of Swords corresponds to the element of air and its signs Gemini, Libra and Aquarius, which are ruled by Mercury, Venus, Uranus and Saturn, modern and traditional rulers of Aquarius. This brings the energy of thought, communication, ideas, inventiveness and mental connection, as the air element always indicates the intellectual and objective realm. The double-edged balanced sword pointing upward from the cloud hand, well it's it's not got a hand in this deck but it's still pointing upwards, Um, the gold crown at the top and the, um, no there isn't the dangling wreath, oh yes there is, no there isn't, 
all suggest that this card corresponds to the mind that is overflowing with ideas that come from a connection to source. So the sword's pointing up through that crown. The crown is often um, a symbol of source or spirit um, from the heavens, from the stars or from the divine, whatever you want to call it. And um, this is... Um, also represented with all air element signs is a duality of opposing ideas, choices and decisions to be made. So you may have a decision, you may have to cut the chase, so to speak, with the sword on this new moon. And there's other things that indicate that too moving forward. So let's take a quick look at the chart for the new moon. So the new moon itself is on April the 1st, 2022. It's at 7.24am Universal Time, so London time. Uh, so for that, that will be 24 minutes past midnight on April the 1st, where I live, Mountain Time. If you're on Pacific Time or Hawaii Time, Pacific Time, it will be very late on um March 31st and in Hawaii, so and, and a couple of other places. But generally, this is an April the 1st new moon. So there's a one. Okay, we saw we had the one. Okay, so there's a, a one. It's a four month April. So that's a very stable month in a six year. We've talked about that a lot. The four is very stable, stable, but one new beginnings. It's also on a Friday, which is um, Venus Day, which I find very um, interesting and um, put together. This is four, five and six is um, 11. So it's in the 11 day and this new moon is at 11 degrees. So there's more ones. So this this new moon is not just the first number one new moon in the first sign of the astrological new year. It's on the first day of April and the day itself is an 11 day and it's at 11 degrees. It, there's so much going on there with the ones here. So in instantly you can see that this is a new moon that is really going to bring us a new beginning and new potentials. My cat's meowing, so lovely. Tried to shut her out, but she wouldn't. Not only that, this is at 11 degrees of Aries, conjunct Chiron. And as I record this, we've just had a conjunction at 11 degrees of um, Chiron with Pallas Athena, which was very much about ideas to bring healing and strategies and how can we plan to move forward and how can we see into things we haven't seen before? How can we kind of really put all the puzzle pieces together? Pallas Athena is the wise owl, but she's able to kind of see into rabbit holes and to kind of dig out things and see kind of just you know, see, put all those pieces together. She's a bit like Alice in Wonderland. She's different perspectives, all kinds of things like that. Like the owl, she's very wise. Pallas Athena, the wise goddess. And Chiron is, is very much the healer. He's the key to healing. Look, he looks like a key, right? He's known as the wounded healer. And I think a lot of times we focus very much on the wound. 
And sure, often wounds have to kind of come up in our face to be healed, right? But here's the key to healing, unlocking the healing of those wounds and addressing them often unlocks great healing. So this new moon is conjunct Chiron. The new moon is also conjunct Mercury. Mercury is moving very quickly, has moved quickly past Jupiter and Pisces since uh, the, the last full moon, which took place early on the 18th when I'm recording, well, I'm recording this late on the 17th, and has moved into Aries and is also conjunct the new moon. He's at a nine, though, which is an um, end of a cycle and beginning of a new cycle. So I've got a very strong Aries cluster for this new moon. And uh, uh, unlike the previous few lunations, which were all at 12 and 27 degrees, if you remember, we had a lot in Capricorn and we had a lot in Aquarius. We've still got a lot in Aquarius, but now Pluto is on his own in Aquarius and we're moving away. We've still got a lot in Aquarius. Um, we've still got Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces, the rulers of Pisces. Um, but now we've got all this energy moving into Aries. Um, um, and when I record this, we only have Chiron, Pallas, Athena and Eris in Aries. And now we've got the sun, the moon and Mercury all in Aries too. So um, everything's moving towards this north node and the north node is moving back towards it. So we're really moving fast towards our future. Other things I want to point out is we still have all the planets direct apart from asteroid Hygieia and a couple of very outer planets, okay? Um, so all the major planets are moving direct. They have been for some time and they are until Pluto stations retrograde on April the 29th. So everything is really moving forward and sometimes it feels overwhelming because change is coming so fast. Okay, and Aries is the pioneer. So we're going to get a lot of pioneering energy looking in this. Aspects to the new moon, and I may t and I will talk about other things, but there's a couple of things I want to look at here. The one of the major aspects, apart from these conjunctions, well, first we have a square to Black Moon Lilith. Black Moon Lilith is kind of you know out there. She's pretty wild. She's now in can in the sign of Cancer. She's actually on this lunation, kind of hovering back and forth over the sun of the USA. And she brings up a lot of um, shame. She is where we've been shamed. You know, we're hearing, uh, we're in the middle of, the, as I record this, um, of the bombardment of the Ukraine. You know, we're hearing a lot of people talk about, you know, the, uh, the part that um, NATO and the USA have played in it. I don't want to get into that, but, you know, there may be issues. I, I have some potential, some hope that this is going to bring some big changes, right? So... <laughs> Maybe I'm uh, Pollyanna because I'm Miss Sagittarius. Another aspect, though, is a sextile. We have a sextile from the new moon to Karaiklo, which is Chiron's wife. So she's bringing the healing in too. And Karaiklo's wife is such a beautiful body. And I'm not going to talk at length about her. But um, I do want to tell you that I am recording on the 23rd. I'm recording a podcast episode with a, an astrologer friend of mine, Shelley Entine, and we are talking about Karaiklo. Okay, 
And some key words for Coriclo are capacity for transformation, devotion, selfless service, holding space. She's a real space holder, healing, caring, um, midwife to birth and death. If you think of uh, Chiron was mentor, teacher um, to the gods, I think Coriclo was kind of companion mentor to the goddesses and kind of a, a bit of an adoptive mother to the goddesses. Her name, name literally means grace spinner. I picture her in my mind sitting there at the spinning wheel with a circle of um, young gods, young goddesses around her, just spinning them stories, telling them all the tales of the old kind of oral tradition way of teaching people. That's kind of how I see Coriclo. And she, so we've got Chiron, the healer, next to the new moon, and Coriclo in aspect. Um, she also means, um, she, sorry about that. She also means devotion, and um, we also have an aspect here and closer aspect to Vesta, who is purpose, focus, and devotion as well. And she is keeping the hearth, uh, the flame, the inner flame going, and and the literal um, flame of um, uh, of Rome, the Vestal Virgins, kept going. So you could say that it's are we going to keep the flame of democracy going through all of this? Um, you know, read what you want into that. Other things, um, I'm just, can't make this stuff up when you're recording from home. I'm just going to pause and let the cat out. <laughs> and she's gone. <laughs> I won't edit it out. This is real life and this is what happens. And I'm so busy, it's hard to find time to edit these things too, to be honest. But I do, you can't make this stuff up. Other things I do want to point out that Saturn is at 22 degrees. Mars is moving towards Saturn on April the 4th. Um, and at this point, Juno is at 22 degrees as well. The sacred marriage, um, Heros Gamos asteroid. Mars and Saturn on April the 4th, right after this new moon, are going to meet at 22 degrees. And by then, the lunar nodes will have moved back to 22 degrees. And if we have an 11 degree new moon and then this 22 degree number highlighted and uh, this uh, Saturn Mars conjunction square the nodes. That is going to be a real challenging day, but potentially a big turning point also because it's square to the lunar nodes. So I think we'll look at the 22 and the 11 numerology uh, in numerology. One other thing that's coming up imminently and we will be we're feeling it now really on on march the 17th but by april the first oh my goodness jupiter and neptune are coming together to meet exactly on april the 12th and at 23 degrees of uh, pisces now jupiter is the traditional ruler of pisces and neptune is the modern ruler of pisces and the two meet about every 13 years but this is the first time they've met in the sign of Pisces since 1865, which incidentally was connected to the Crimea War and Crimea is fought over by Ukraine and Russia. And it was also just before the um, US Civil War. So uh, you can see we've got some tie-ins back to that time coming up. But at a personal level, 
Jupiter and Neptune meeting in Pisces between this new moon that we're looking at now and the full moon that will happen two weeks later. Um, And this will happen just before the full moon is peak kind of spiritual upgrade, but is peak confusion. It's it's kind of peak like emotion because it's Pisces, which is a water sign. So huge, huge emotion. And um, so even though it's an Aries new moon and you might feel ready to go and all the planets are forward um, and we've got a lot of air, fire and air. So a lot of ideas flowing and a lot of impulsivity running around. I do think that emotions are going to be really high. Um, I've said it before on my podcast that I find new moons a bit more emotional now than full moons met often. It's almost like we go into that dark and we're quiet and, and we have to kind of look within at ourselves and, and the, uh, oh, we don't always like what we see, right? So it's, um, you get the idea. So I think I'm just going to dive in and talk about this, okay, and the, the numerology and what the astrology means and all that kind of stuff. So first of all, it's at 11 degrees, the um, the new moon. And um, the, the 11 is the master teacher, the karmic master teacher. It's a number of illumination, enlightenment, inspirational idealism, um, psychic abilities, if you like, poetry, art, um, expression, the, the dreamer, it's mysticism. Um, it's also quite visionary, enthusiastic and very creative. It kind of, you know, it um, reminds me very much of this card. Okay, Now, um, the number 11 is very much um, associated with the colours silver, glossy white, black and violet. You might want to wear those around that new moon. Uh, the ruler of the number 11 is Neptune. I've already talked about what's happening with Neptune and um and Jupiter on this, but the the eleven is the illuminator. Uh, he's, um, you know, this is inspirational guiding lights, and it's a number that's been coming up a lot. Venus stationed direct at eleven degrees Capricorn in square two Uranus that was at eleven degrees Taurus. Um, back at the very end of January. Chiron has been at 11 degrees, as I mentioned, and Pallas Athena conjunct it. So we've had a lot of 11s coming. And um, as I mentioned, this is kind of an 11 on in spades because it's a, an 11 day. And, and um, I think there's going to be some major new starts, new beginnings and um, an illumination. But, you know, with everything comes a shadow and with master numbers, um, master numbers are often very challenging. If you have them in if you have them in a personal chart, they can be extremely challenging because with great opportunity comes great challenge. Okay, so it's also the number of trials and tests and treachery from others. Okay, but it's got huge potential. but it, it's just so highly charged that it, it can be difficult to kind of work with. And this is an 11 again um, <laughs> in spades. OK, so but let's think it, we're going to move towards enlightenment. Let's be 
you know, kind of positive about this one, okay? And then I did mention that we'd um, look at the twos as well. Well, the two is the divine feminine, okay? And it's soft and and supportive and things because one and one makes two. But that takes us to that Mars-Saturn conjunction square, the nodes that's going to happen right after this new moon. And by the way, I do want to say that this is the last new moon before the eclipses too. And the eclipses begin on the last day of the month. So we have two new moons in this month. I believe that's called black moons, but it's only because there's two in the same calendar month. So, so number 22. So we've got two, um, uh, we've got two 11s and three 22s in this new moon. And 22 is the is the master builder, but this is dreams made manifest. This is ancient wisdom, the spiritual master builder on the material plane. Um, it's a force of nature. This, again, is another visionary number. And um, it's idealistic, but pragmatic and creative. And, and But it can also be immovable stubborn inflexible so we've got all of that energy 22 carries many of the inspirational insights of number 11 but is also combined with the practicality and methodical nature of the four now if you remember we're in a four month you know it's 11 total the date um so it's four plus one plus the six of the year um, makes um, 11 and so we've got the 22 the 11 and the 4 showing up here as well so the 22 carries the energies of the 4 and uh, and the inspirational insight of the 11 and we've got both of those here and um, both numbers are of power the well the 22 particularly is of power and accomplishment and its symbol is the cross of matter, you know, and its keywords are light, cooperation and harmony. OK, and it's really about cooperating with the divine's plan on Earth, which will be very relevant when I come to read the symbols. <laughs> so this has huge potential, this um, this new moon. Um, it's, you know, two master numbers in. Uh, well, and multiples of them as well, you know, going around and around and around. Okay. So, but think that this is a potential to take the lead for new starts, to really be inspired and create something amazing. So, um, but it's conjunct Mercury, the new moon. So there's a lot of thinking involved there, a lot of communication, a lot of ideas. With Chiron as well, the other side, Mercury and Chiron are either side of the moon and the sun, which are together on the new moon. And, and they are spanning them and, and it's saying, like, I can do healing words. I can have a healing message here. There's a lot I can say or I may be receiving healing messages, too. And then with the aspects to um, Vesta and Karaiklo also being very healing, very focused, 
very um, devotional and in Aquarius saying, I am prepared to devote myself to the future and to creating a better world for humanity. It might be that by this new moon, you know, somebody has come up with some real good plan that could bring peace um, over there in the east, in, in Ukraine and around that area. We'll see, I guess. Um, having the Mars Saturn there coming up right afterwards, with Mars being the ruler of Aries, could kind of indicate a, a halt and a turning point, but it could also be something um, quite aggressive and and more violent too. I kind of have a little bit of hope around that though, because it's a master number and because Juno is there on this new moon and she uh, was very much um, able to bring things together. She is, you, you know, to speak, to speak of this card, this could almost be like the Juno symbol. The Juno symbol has the crown or of matter or the star, sorry, the crown or star um, on the top of her symbol and then a cross, the cross of matter below. So, you know, Juno's presence there gives me major hope that there's healing and Chiron and um, Cariclo as well. Huge potential for moving forward and fresh new ideas and inventions and ways to move forward. So ever the optimist. <laughs> but, but, but Black Moon Lilith square that moon. I did mention her briefly and she is too at this 11 master number. I do think it's the response of um, the USA for several reasons. This um, Black Moon Lilith is on the is is two degrees from the sun of the USA chart at, that's at thirteen Cancer, and Black Moon Lilith is it's kind of a wild card. She's kind of saying, you know, release this shame and kind of be all you're meant to be. That's what it feels like, and um, and she is uh, kind of our inner wild in, in um, our personal charts, and she's really saying, you know, release the potential, release what you really are meant to be. She was the original wife of Adam, the original divine fem feminine, who was made equally to the divine masculine. But maybe it'll be a woman come in too. Who knows? I don't necessarily believe it's in gender oriented terms. I think it can be a male who's got the more yin characteristics. Maybe it's Zelensky. Maybe it's somebody else. Other things that are happening in this chart um, that I think are of big importance. Um, Pluto and um, Sedna. Pluto's at 28 degrees Capricorn. Um, he will be stationing retrograde on April the 29th. So he's at that degree where he will station retrograde. Sedna has an 11,400 year orbit approximately. And she is at 28 degrees of Taurus. And the on this new moon, these two are in a trine I worked it out with my membership group the other day on, on a video um, that the Pluto and um, Sedna have several trines coming up. 
at several exact trines, but this one is almost exact on this new moon. Both of them are at 28 degrees. Pluto's at 28 degrees, 24 minutes. Sedna at 28 degrees, 25 minutes. And 28 is, of course, two plus eight is 10 is a one. So we have another one, another new beginnings. Now it's my opinion that these two at the end of signs, combined with Halmea, actually it's at the end of Libra, these are all gonna be making big sign changes over the next few months. Moving, uh, Pluto's gonna move into air sign Aquarius. Sedna is gonna start moving into air sign Gemini for the first time in 11,400 years. And we've still got Halmea in an air sign, so she's not quite as involved. But it feels like Pluto is is the big transformer with a heart. You know, it's he's got that heart on it. We've seen in, in his image. Um, I've experienced many Pluto transits in my life. And Pluto is so feared. Pluto bring, brings out and excavates what's no longer needed. But Pluto takes you away what you thought was your power and leaves you with what is truly your power. And of course... Pluto is on the Pluto of the USA by a degree, 27 degrees. He's going to move back to it again when he goes retrograde, but he's still there, really. So Pluto has been taking away what the USA thought was its power and leaving it with what is truly its power. But it's not only that, it's the structures of everybody, all our lives. And Pluto's point here is saying we can create something new. At 28 degrees, we can create a new way of doing things. We can transform from, you know, the chrysalis into the butterfly. We don't have to do things the way we used to. And that's been every Pluto transit I've experienced. Um, Pluto has always changed things, me, changed me for the better, in my opinion. So he's kind of got this transformative um, taking away what you thought was your power, leaving you with you with what is truly your power kind of energy. And then there's Sedna, Sedna in Taurus. Sedna is very much associated with climate change. But Alan Clay um, in Dwarf Planet Astrology calls her spiritual destiny through crisis. And crisis is a crossroads. And we are at a big crossroads of time. You know, we've been in complete chaos with pandemic, now war that could go to World War Three. You know, it kind of feels like we're getting these major collective soul lessons. Well, I, I kind of like that these two are in trine on this new moon as all the planets are moving towards that north node and then eventually they'll all move towards Sedna as well. So because she is the slowest moving body in the world <laughs> or that we know of, not in the world, uh, not in the world either, in the cosmos, <laughs> you get the idea. So I do think this trine is very important and a trine is a more support, supportive aspect and they're in Earth signs, Capricorn and Taurus. This is saying transform the structures of our lives, get more connected with the Earth with the cycles of the earth with connection with the earth we've had for you know it's not just the new age it's for centuries we've all been go trying to get somewhere else you know get to heaven um um 
get awaken and what's the other one ascend we're always talking about ascension going to heaven getting somewhere else we've really earth this is what we have and we have to deal with this unless we just choose out but um, <laughs> but while we're in this suit we have to transform how we live on this earth or human human race is quite quite frankly going to die out so i think this um this trine between pluto and sedna is extremely important on this um new moon chart so there's that we also have a lot of threes and um, um so yeah we do we have um Jupiter's at 21, which is 2 plus 1 is 3, Chiron's at 12, Hecate is at 12, and Uranus is at 12. And 3 is a, is a very creative, um, very beautiful, divine feminine number as well. I like that Hecate is conjunct. She's the goddess of the crossroads, the, the way shower, the triple moon goddess. She's conjunct Uranus, um, and Uranus has, has in, you know, shaking things up in Taurus earthwise, I think we might be beginning to see the way forward. And I think some of it is going to come from the crisis we're in. You know, we're look, we're, we, oil prices and uh, petrol gas prices have been shooting up and, um, and, and we're beginning to have to be aware of how we live. You know, how crazy is it that you know, we ship these resources between different countries and things like that when we could have, you know, something different um, where we are and be much more locally sustainable. This is not kind of me uh, proposing any particular political side of things, but, you know, some sort of Green New Deal, some sort of realisation that, you know, we don't have to live this way. We don't have to keep digging Pluto. Um, oil out of the earth which is Pluto we can do different kind of ways of living so lots of potential lots of hope I think on this new moon lots of new beginnings it is still Aries so you know there might be a lot of assertion and aggression about especially with that Mars Saturn um, uh, conjunction coming just three days after the new moon square the nodes but then 10 days after that no eight days after that <laughs> um 11 days after the new moon we get the jupiter neptune conjunction which is probably going to purge quite a lot of things it's probably going to be heightened emotion heightened peak reveal as well i think we may have in this coming new year things may be revealed as to where we're moving forward. Okay. Other things coming up just after that. I can't remember the exact day and I'm not going to get it. But if you've been listening to all my podcasts all winter, you know we've been in this draconic bowl with planets confined to one side of the nodes. And that's been very connected with the each major peak and surge in the pandemic. And... This has been the third and longest um, draconic bowl. It's also been the highest peak with the numbers we saw with Omicron. We're just like whew, crazy. 
Well, um, Mercury is moving really fast and Mercury is going to leave that draconic bowl after this new moon. So I actually do want to tell you when that is. I should have looked up. I just realised I wanted to talk to you about that. So let me just quickly tell you exactly when Mercury oh, conjunct the North Node. Mercury will cross the North Node on April the 23rd, so after the full moon. But that's when the Draconic Bowl is really going to start breaking up. I know there's some of the variants floating around and I know we're seeing some increase in numbers in certain places. And I have a lot of friends who are still getting it. And, you know, Australia's got a surge, uh, a surge right now, but nothing like we kind of had in the past i really kind of think when mercury um leaves that north node uh, and passes it and then is followed by the sun is going to cross the north node so let me give you that date because i want you to kind of look ahead and go yay things are changing the sun will cross that north node on may the 13th and then these are the personal planets. Venus will then cross the North Node on June the 16th. And, and then I've not been able to find um, another time where we have all the planets confined by the nodes again. I'm sure it will happen at some time in the future, but I think we are a long way off. And I kind of feel like this is going to be May, June-ish time is really when it's called endemic. It's still classified as a pandemic because it's of where it is. And endemic doesn't mean, even if you want to call it endemic, I heard somebody say, well, endemic doesn't mean it's no less severe. It just kind of means it's in the population and it's not going away anymore. So, but I do kind of, really think we're kind of over the worst surges with the end of these draconic bowls so yay all right so let's look at some symbols now if you follow my daily posts you'll recognize this symbol so i'm going to read this one then i'm actually going to read um so this is the chandra symbol as um interpreted by elias lonsdale john sandbach actually um, channeled the symbol so I'm going to read something he has to say too um, so let's read the Sabian symbol first actually so the Sabian symbol a triangularly shaped flight of wild geese now Rudyard said an idealistic reliance upon a mental image of universal order I am going to disagree <laughs> i am gonna say that you know you know the way that wild geese always form into this triangle to fly south or north i'm gonna say there always is some kind of cosmic order okay and that we kind of flow with it if we're in tune with it as as nature often is as geese really are okay I'm going to suggest that it's recognizing the cosmic order. Um, not, he said, the principle of cosmic order polarizes the all too human 
reliance on the social concept of law and order. I don't see it that way. I see it from an astrologer's point of view and only he was one. I see it as seeing this triangle of geese and going, well, there is an order to things after all. And we just have to kind of tune into it and listen to what that's telling us. Okay. There's nothing about kind of being a social um, concept of law and order to me. And why I think that as well is because of the Chandra symbol. An old woman hears the stars talking to her at night. Soul gifts from the morning of the world now turning into treasures untold. A quality of being, a presence, an aura which fills the world. You are the microcosm here and now for so many worlds. There is wonder and awe, discovery and an odd echo of fate. All of this has happened before. Nothing is new. A twilight state, the repeat awakenings and yet still dreaming on. Majestic vistas, so much to conceive. All exists inside, yet in the secrecy of the heart, no clues are offered. All remains bare and stark. I think this is saying we have lost that connection with the stars, with understanding the cycles and it's my biggest passion through my podcasts through my writings through everything is to help you tune in to the cycles and the messages that the stars are giving us and and when we are more in alignment with what they're telling us life runs better my life runs way better when I just kind of I'm in flow with the energies so there's some other symbols too. And um, and so I'm going to read you, um, yeah, I'm going to read you Aries 12, because we always go up a degree, from John Sandbach himself. So for the, I'm going to read you everything he says for Aries 12, and you can take from it what you need. So before the end of a movie, a man leaves the theatre. He says this is transforming stroke sensitive degree. And he says the degree angel is ha 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 unconditional love, refuge, shelter. He says you know when to quit and when to abandon projects or lines of activity that are no longer serving you. You have an open endedness that allows you to enter into experience in a free and flexible manner, avoiding all entanglements that will waste time or needlessly use up energy. This can frustrate other people's expectations, but in the long run will often do them good. Then he speaks of the Chandra symbol. The old woman hears the stars talking to her at night. A sky full of stories, stories streaming into the earth from every direction, every possible story imaginable. It's why the man leaves the theatre. He already knows the story and all its possible endings. The goal is not uh, to become hung up on any one story, but to absorb the wisdom that flows through them all like divine nectar. So the story can have multiple endings. So it speaks to me of, again, of being in flow with the 
energies of the cosmos and letting go of the outcome. You know, we cannot control it really. Only how we are in the moment and how we respond. So Pleiadian symbol, a group of spirits flying through the sky towards their home in the north. That's the um, his rewriting, I think, of the um, Sabian symbol. Okay, so he sees that as following the stars, the spirits almost also. And lastly, he says there's an Azoth symbol for this degree, which is a man falling asleep, feels his fears melting away. So to go back to the, the, the actual, you know, Aries, Aries is pioneering, Aries is courage, Aries is um, Aries is strength. Um, this is letting your fears melt away and trusting in spirit and being directly forward. It's the, the very direct, the ace of, of um, swords. It's like clear thinking, clear connection with source, clear connection with spirit. Um, this whole new moon says there's a possibility for new inspiration inspired way of moving forward both individually and collectively so there you go here we are april oh my goodness so a reminder my new book complete guide to tarot and astrology if you have it already um i would love reviews on amazon please seeing as it's my new book out also um yeah um i do consultations um i'm getting pretty booked up now so book them if you want them and um and follow my readings uh, daily writings and so on and so forth and i have a membership called venus enchantment community which is great i'm doing two monthly calls a month now for that we have a monthly call looking at the moon venus gate the moon venus when they meet every month and the other monthly call is the start of my cosmic owl astrology school which Venus Enchantment members get for free while they're members. And um, the first call of that is in April. So we're going to have two calls a month um, starting in April, teaching astrology and tuning into the cycles of Venus with the moon. So for now, have a great new moon and happy full moon because I'm recording this on the Virgo full moon. So peace.